0: Good morning and welcome everyone to the latest Altman Football Network podcast. Today, my guest is Liam Stonely, goalkeeper coach. Liam, please do introduce yourself.
1: Hi Barry, yeah, uh, yeah, so I'm the goalkeeper coach for Chester in the National League North.
0: Okay, and can you let everyone know your journey and how you started?
1: Well, I did all the coaching badges. Um... Probably about 10 years ago now, I did my outfield level one and two about 10 years ago. Uh, I was only about 19, I think I was 18, 19. And then I thought I'd just do like sort of volunteering coaching in like Cheshire area. Okay. Uh, and then yeah, and then things happened like just life got better of me. Like, so I got, got a missus, my son was born, and then it just took a back burner for so long. Um and then up until about maybe two years ago, I started kicking on with it again, more in the goalkeeper department. Okay.
0: Was you uh, ever like a player or a goalkeeper yourself?
1: I was a goalkeeper. Yeah, I was a goalkeeper. So I was about uh, 14, 13, 14. Okay. And uh, I was predicted not to be tall enough. So they said to me, because uh, I'm left-footed, they said to me, oh, we need a left-back. So that that old chestnut. It's like, it's like a, it's like a burden being left-footed because instantly you're going on the left back or left wing. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't, t- I wasn't predicted to be tall enough because uh, I was about five foot two when I was like 13, 14. and then when I hit wow. 16, 17, I just had a gross spurt and ended up being about six foot. So I still <laughs> probably would, I still probably would have been a little bit short to be fair. Like nowadays, six foot still probably on the short side for a keeper. Um, so yeah, I was a keep as a left back, so I sent a mid in my playing days. Um right. Who, who, who did you pay for, you plug your club. Um so I was I came through like Academy route, so I had like trials of we've all had trials and now like crew. Um and I was scouted a couple of times. I think Blackburn came to watch me once, Port Vale did once or twice, and then nothing materialised, and then back into grassroots at sixteen in the men's Sunday League leagues and Saturday leagues and that where It's tasty. Um yeah. So yeah, nothing done for too glamorous, really. And that's why I thought I didn't make it as a player. So I thought, let's just go down the coaching route. Right. And I did my badges, I did my level one and two outfield, started doing bits and bobs like volunteering at schools and stuff like that. But you know, like I said, life got in the way. I was 20, 19, 20 at the time. and just and then like just like I said, life got in the way. I was young, so I was about to go out with my mates and that. So it just took a back burner, met my missus, I had a kid, and then I think it was just before COVID. I was just thinking, like, in my full time job that I do now, I'm, I, there was like redundancy going in place. Um, they were like saying, like, they basically, like, oh, we're going to make a lot of people redundant because whatever. And I was thinking, I'm probably going to fail at this full time job, so I might as well do something that I want to do in the in the chance I might fail at that as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I thought I took it seriously. Did my goalkeeper badges, so I've got my level one and two goalkeeper level one and two outfield going in from UA for B in the summer and yeah and it's just snowball from there really. Okay so if
0: anyone was going to do those badges how much do they sort of cost and how, how do they go about it?
1: So you go through obviously your FA so if, obviously, if you're in England go for the English FA or Welsh FA or whatever or you can go to fair if you're based in England you can do any of the British sort of FA. I did mine for the Welsh FA um i think they've been brilliant to be fair especially during COVID, they they still put on cpd stuff and where the english fa didn't do anything really um so yeah so if you want to do your outfield it's the hierarchy is simple it's just level one level two ua for b ua for a um but if you were going and so that cost around about i think level one's around about 80 to 90 pounds level two is about 350. And then I think UEFA B and A are going on to lie just under a K. And then, and then UA for A, I think it's like, i do not too sure what the UA for A is. It's, it's, it's over a grand, at least. It might be over two grand, to be honest with you. But the issue I have, if you want to be a goalkeeper coach, you've got to do the goalkeeper coach and the outfield. So, for example, oh. yeah, so it's double bubble. So wow. for me to do the goalkeeping, so yeah, so, for, so I have to do level one and two outfield, my level one and two goalkeeper, just so I could do my UEFA B goalkeeper. And then I can't do my UEFA A goalkeeping until I have my UEFA B outfield, so oh. I've got to pay double the amount of qualifications just to get to where I want to be. So you think
0: um, that's, is that is that is that led to a a, um, a shortage of goalkeeper coaches? Do you think
1: it, it's yeah? There's, key, there's goalkeeper coaches that I know that play that i working at my like working at my level, so National League North, National League, maybe even League Two. You know, there's probably goalkeeper coaches out there that haven't got way for b's or a purely because of that reason because yeah. if you say if you're an outfield coach and you it's just four qualifications you one, two, you wait for b you a for a which probably accumulates to about three thousand pound maybe more yeah but because i'm a goalkeeper coach i've got to do that and my goalkeeper because so i've got to pay six thousand just for argument's sake. let's say three thousand for the outfield or their badges yeah i've got to pay yeah. that plus the goalkeeper side as well so it's double which is a bit strange
0: but they're not on the other side of it i think you're double qualified so if you did move out of goalkeeper coaching you could, you could go into outfield coaching couldn't you?
1: The idea behind it is obviously when you're a goalkeeper coach and you're working with the goalkeepers you've got to know the outfield side you need to know how to play out transitional rotations um, need to understand the game so the, the argument's sake is if you just do goalkeepers how can you explain your goalkeepers a scenario or relevant information that's ongoing yeah. Yeah. So, it, it, I get it, I do get it, but I just don't know why they can't incorporate that same outfield aspect that's needed in the goalkeeper side in with the goalkeeper yeah. qualification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give
0: you, I don't know why they can't do that I think, again. It comes down to money, doesn't it? Mate?
1: It's resource and it money, especially at the moment. Yeah,
0: okay, yes yeah, so that's yeah. So, it was really weird. You said you had a growth spurt between the age of 13 and 16, you like shot up by eight inches or something like that, which is quite. It's quite a lot isn't it it's five foot two to six foot is is a big jump yeah um so I, was, that
1: I was yeah i was, and to think i was about honestly I'm not, even, I'm not even trying to joke here i was about i was thinking i was just going to go in college and i was about five foot seven and then literally within a couple of months i was like six foot
0: i just can't yeah
1: it's just amazing yeah, yeah. so i had bad knees my knees were aching like i remember it i used to wake up with like leg pains and all sorts it was horrendous no, my I'll lad see, actually like, suffers that he has yeah. leg pain so much.
0: Yeah, my, my lad says to me, he goes, oh, my legs are... I said, "He's got groin pain, son. That's what it is. <laughs> it says, yeah. it isn't... I've been playing football. I said, yeah, but you've probably got groin pains as well because you will get them at age 13, 14, 15. You will get, you will get those, those. But
1: you shouldn't get them at 17 pain. like I did. That's weird. That's just a late bloomer.
0: It's, yeah, <laughs> late bloomer. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, I'll stop growing no. now. <laughs>
1: oh,
0: <sorry. laughs> this is free speaking, by the way. Amateur hey, how
2: how you doing? Uh, apologies for my um, for my lateness. Very, I had um, I heard it's quite um, it's it's um, quite a fashion actually to actually come into cool. any any <laughs> any room late. So uh,
1: only the yeah, cool man. kids turn up late, mate. <laughs> there you go.
2: Thank you. And I'm definitely one of one of the cool kids.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we all. <laughs> oh.
0: Well I'm
2: not to the question to Brace, what was that? Yeah, so um so sorry, I um you uh, you were talking about um doing your your wafer um licensed coaching. Um do, do, what what do you think about um some of these managers now that, that are managing, you know, pro like teams that haven't gone through that, that process? you know, do do you think it's a bit of a kick in the teeth or or you know literally do. Do you think it's it's kind of uh understandable in terms of why a chairman or you know, literally people at at board level would would literally um um accept them and literally kind of say, oh well, you know, you've you've kind of gone like through like the whole experience. That's that's really your education.
1: Yeah. Um I think I think you can get to a certain level with um without that. Like you know, like your name carrying sort of the way you know what i mean like if you're a name in the foot in the industry that name will carry you to a job to a certain level but i believe there's rules in the fa where you have to i think it's a rule but i think you've got to pretty much got to be at a certain level to manage a certain club for example i think uh, i think recently dwight york came out and said that he was he didn't get contacted for the villa job or he wanted to be um sort of in the mixture for it but he only has his UA for B. And, and then in a Premier League level, you can't, you, you won't, you won't happen. I don't think it's allowed. I think you have to have your A license or going for your pro license to manage at that level. Um, but it certainly will get you to a certain point. It will. It, it, there's, there's managers in National League North, National League that probably aren't, their names carried them into a role, and rightly so. Like I said, I, I don't think qualifications is a be all end all. I think it's all about your knowledge of the game. So it's not a kick in the teeth. I think if you know the game, you know the game. The qualification thing is just, I I think it's just like sort of um, like a safety net to make sure that people that are in these roles are, you know, um, what's the word? Vetted to do that job um, and it covers everyone. But uh, yeah, like I said, it's it's a thing we've all got to go through Um, as coaches. we've We've got to go through the qualifications. We've got to go through everything. That the FA tell us to do so. So, yeah, I wouldn't say it's kicking teeth. I think your name. I think if you know football, you know football. And if you're a good coach, whether you've got a coaching badge or not, it's um, it's relevant to me. To be fair.
2: Mm. And um, I, would, I would like love to get your thoughts about wearing um, headgear as a goalkeeper. Um, what are your thoughts about that? And then again, from I'd say from from like youth youth football all the way up to the pro level.
1: Wearing headgear as goalkeeper, I, I, I get it. I think if we, if we use the example of check using it, and I think a couple of years ago Edison used it for a little while. It's um, a big part of the goalkeeper is the psychological aspect and the, men, the mental state. And I think with Petr Cech, although I think that hat, that helmet helped him as a safety measure for his head. I also think he felt felt like he needed it. Do you know what I mean? Like he had that such a bad injury that he needed that to wear that to make fit, to feel, make him feel confident in the game and that's a big part of the goalkeeper that that sort of um, that mental state of of, of knowing sort of that confidence thing um, but it, it, like I said it's it's entirely up to the person I don't think I don't have a really opinion in or against it I think if you feel like you need it to perform fine if you feel like you need it to wear it for safety again do so um, so it's one of them I, I think I think whatever makes you feel like you can perform at your best Mentally, I think you should do it. Okay, well,
2: fair enough. Fair enough. And and um, and again, uh, oh, regarding like the different categories of of like clubs from let's say cat cat one to cat three. Um, do you, do you see uh, a difference regarding
1: ability and resources? Yeah. Yeah, that's to to an extent, yeah. The Irish, I I worked at a Cat Three academy, and um, although they were Cat Three, they, the the set was brilliant. Uh, the plays, the standard plays, really good. They could go toe to toe with Cat One academies, and they did. Um, you see, you, you'll see in, later on as the players get older, you'll see the difference in the equality for sure. Um, purely because, like I said, Cat One Academy's got a lot of resource. Cat One is normally from a, a, a in the middle of a big city usually, um, or a Premier League club, they've got a good structure. So I say I say that there definitely would be a, a massive gap in terms of resource and funding and and that sort of thing. Uh, but quality, I wouldn't say so. No, I think I think it's it, 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 actually I've seen three academies take go to, on the drop on the toes of Cat One Academies and win. Um, but I think as as their players get older, sort of like 15, 16, sixteen, you'll sort of see that change because obviously the boys are developing uh, physically, uh, and you will see that quality come a little bit more than you would in a cap three. That's from my experience. So, but um, from from a grass from from like from a younger some foundation to youth development phase, I don't think I don't think there's much difference in quality. Like the we, used to, we So we used to pick up, we used to pick up lads that. Um, didn't get in at Villa Birmingham West walls so big academies and we'd pick up the people that they, they pick the lads that wouldn't probably get in there and we'd pick them up and so we'd pick up good players that would go toe to toe with with like you said then Catlon academies so um yeah that would be my take and I don't think the quality is a big gap until later on into sort of the pro development phase
2: okay and, and uh you know you you kind of have briefly touched upon um picking up Players that other other academies or other clubs wouldn't wouldn't necessarily pick, you know. If you if you can kind have of nurtured that by like uh, kids and of course you can kind have of spoke to the parents. I mean, how 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 important is it to you as a coach the aspect of loyalty? Um, would you literally expect uh, a kid and and you know and a you know and a parent to actually be with you for for a few years or you know what's What's your whole, you know, thoughts about that, especially at, you
1: know, at a youth level? Personally, um, my take on that would be, as we're coaches because we want to develop young lads. From, from that level, we want to develop young lads into the best players they can possibly be and also the best people they can be. I think if I was, I'm, I'm working at a Cat 3 academy, we've picked up a lad that didn't get in at Cat 1. We've picked him up, we've nurtured him. He's got to that age or he's, he's finished his scholarship, and he, and he wants a pro. But someone else has come in for him. Fine. It makes it makes it, it, you should feel proud as a coach that you've took something that yeah. was rejected. And then that that and I can't even stress how bad that is for a young player. I don't know, but if you've gone through that yourselves as a player, where you've you've gone for a trial or you've been at a club and they've just gone and said, "Sorry, son, you're not good enough," and then that that feeling of thinking am i actually good enough should i be a footballer i spoke to loads of lads that I nearly fell out the game because of it so if you can take something in that mental state and nurture it for a year two years three years four years however long and then they become this player where another club wants like as i say like always you expect a higher club a cat one academy or even like a pro a, a club higher up in the in hierarchy in the leagues and stuff then that's, you should be very proud of what you've done. You should you should be happy that you've took something, you've made it into something. And then, and let's be honest, the club get front compensation if it's a young lad, the training compensation as well, if not a transfer fee. So, um, my, I, I'm I don't I don't expect loyalty in football. I think you sh- as a coach you should develop a player as much as you can, as a as a player as a person, and be proud of what you've done and hope they do yeah. the best in their career. That's my take on it. And that's and I feel like every coach should be like that at sort of academy level. We go there to improve people as, as, play, as players and as people. Yeah.
2: Interesting.
0: Baza. Yeah. Uh, Liam, I was going to ask you about your, your scouting days and how yeah. you, um, how that went and whether you're still interested in doing that or how you started doing that.
1: Um. That, that is to be fair, that snowballed mad and, and scouting is what got my foot in the door in football because it was through, through your network, Barry, that, that got me into football. Um, cause we all know how difficult it is to break. It's, and, and by all means, I'm not saying I have broken it, but I'm in National League North and she's a great standard and I'm with like great club with great managers and great people around me and stuff. So I don't, I don't think I broke it by any means, but I'm definitely got a foot in the door yeah. and I was given an opportunity and that, without that opportunity from, from your network, Barry, that I don't think it would have happened. Um, wow. so, I, I it was a it was a random uh, message to a bloke in your network, um, James Bradcliffe, He was a he was a scout at Blackpool, a voluntary scout at Blackpool, and I just thought and I just need to get my foot in the door somehow, scouting. Anyway, I dropped him a message, and literally within an hour of messaging him, he had the head of um, head of academy. Um, I think I can name drop. I, don't, I'll, I can speak. I, I think it would be fine. But Carl Marley was at Blackpool. He's not there no more. He literally messaged me within an hour, saying, "Yeah, where'd you based? Can you cover this region of Manchester? Um, and we'll have a talk. Come to Blackpool training ground. We'll meet. We'll get you all sorted within an hour."
0: That's amazing, then,
1: isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was so surreal. I've I, like, we have gone from nothing to having something. And then, and we went. Me and me and Carl went on this um, tournament day in Manchester. And I got to know him, got to speak to him, sort of like sort of get my foot in the door with him. And then it, it was all snowballing from there. Sadly enough, um, Carl was actually only a temporary through, uh, like a secondment anyway. He got, he got replaced and yeah. I was out of a job. But within, I think within a day, I got a message from a guy called Matt Davenport, who's in your network, Barry, he's a yeah. yeah. He He said to me, oh, Shrewsbury are looking for a scout. A national scout, and um, do you want me to put your name forward? And I was like, yeah. So here's my CV. Put my name forward, and I got that. And what came with that was they also need the goalkeeper coach, and I was also going for my goal- goalkeeper badges at the time. So I said, well, I don't mind doing the national scout, and obviously yes, as as paid. And then, but if you want me to do voluntary goalkeeper coaching for the I'll do that. And anyway, that's how, that's how that's how the coaching started. Really, like from that point of view, and then that snowballed. So the scoutings took a back burner. Purely because I'm just like so busy with the coaching at the minute. Because I, I obviously coach Chester, that's like a that's pretty nearly pretty much full time, it's like it's like a hybrid between the two. And then I also do something for coaching for uh, at Ellesmere College it, for IHM, so it's it's very difficult to get the scouting thing on side. I still speak to the Shrewsbury lot, um, to the head of academy, uh, but it's just difficult for me to get to games now at the weekends,
0: yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good that that's worked out. that the network has provided so i know a lot of people have got stuff through it and it's it's, it's really nice to hear that you've um it's, it's proved worthwhile for you and you've got something out of it um which is good um which is what it's what it's designed to do it's designed to help people so that's that's really good to hear liam um yeah so
2: I, you can and, i sorry um i you know i can just sense barry smiling from here
1: yeah <laughs> you could tell he was talking for a smile then, couldn't you <laughs>
2: it's so
0: obvious
1: so obvious i could sense it as well
0: (laughs) no it's just good that it works i mean if it yeah that's what it's designed to do basically Um, yeah and i've
1: seen loads i know loads of lads in the in the network that've got gigs on it you know like i can't just do i forgot his name he's um head of head of scouting it um an agency oh um Up up, north east, up the northeast way. I've got his name. Anyway, he he introduced me to you on uh, LinkedIn, but I've, I've got his name now. But he, he's the one that got me involved in it. And like I said, I've seen no, I know loads of lads that have got gigs off this. And then, like I said, I think it's brilliant. I've I've been open about you how, how good this network is now, how, how it, like how fantastic. It's free. Like you don't have to do anything, you have to just be involved and just put yourself about. Yeah, really good.
2: Pretty much, yeah, and and uh, you know, again, I, I just want to kind of echo that, Liam. I think, uh, I think you know, Barry is very very modest with with the work that he does, and um, you know, uh, I, I like know actually, I don't know how um you know in terms of the the um, extensive work that he does behind the scenes, but you know, again, this is an opportunity to like, anyone that's like listening to 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 actually join a um, like a network of of kind of football and sports enthusiasts, and you know, you know, it's just the opportunity to to actually learn and to kind of um, get those opportunities and to you know and to share information. And you know, I kind of really believe the more that you engage and the more you share, um, the more you will kind of get out of stuff. And um, again, Liam, and uh, you know, you you know, you're you're a kind of I'd say a byproduct of. Of uh, of literally why Barry created this this some private network. So uh no, keep on going, Bazza. Keep on going. Yeah,
1: yeah. And you see, like, you see, like he's got obviously got this. He's got, and not only he's got old deal with the the, the 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 network side of thing, but it's the whole every social media account. It's about ten. Yeah. So yeah. it's mad. It's mad. I don't know how you do it on your own. I really don't, Baz.
0: <laughs> it's difficult. It's just he's smiling mean... he's
1: talking through, smiling again
0: it is difficult though you've got to just plow on with it it's 24 hours seven days a week it's like it's what it is and yeah you, you are you've, you've got to be committed to it you can't just like oh i want to set this up and then leave it to run itself it, that's not going to work um as you can see as you know through the network that you're on in scouts network and the coaching network it doesn't run itself you've got to, you've got to manage it so yeah. it's it is difficult but it, it's it's fulfilling at the same time because people like you get get work and that's that's the main aim of it to, and it, obviously people you know grow from it and and and, and gain experience and people share knowledge et cetera, et cetera, which is what it was all about um the reason that scouts network was set up was because i spoke to some scouts and they i said do you, you guys share do you talk to each other and basically got told no they we don't really know and that was the, that was the start yeah. of it all really um I thought, well, let's, let's set something up so you can. So that's what happened.
1: And now it's like seven hundred people now, like, and it's not yeah. it's not just like. You know what? What shocked me when I first joined what's not even just like your everyday coaches. Like, there's names in this, like, you know what I mean? There's names and there's recognised names in it. Yeah, and that's got that's got that's got to mean something. If you're yeah. if you're starting off coaching or scouting, there's some big names in this network, always ready to speak to i think it's
0: brilliant some people don't think they think oh because it's free that um it can't be it can't be anything good yeah it's, it's got to be rubbish because you're not paying for it um yeah which it yeah it's a, which is a bit disheartening but it's it's, it's you explain to me it's free but what is it yeah what what do i get out of it so i get asked quite a lot of the time <laughs> what do i get out of it it's like oh um <laughs> i get connected to 600 scouts for free what 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 else do you want to get out of it yeah so uh so yeah i get that quite a lot like, what do i get out of it i think that's but the thing is i'm giving you something for free so i didn't think they would want i think they'd at least try it you know just try it it's <laughs> free. You're not, yeah it's not going to cost you anything if it's free is it so try it and if you don't like it you can always you can always back out it's not it's not an issue it's not an issue for anybody but the idea <laughs> was to try and you know especially in a new scout so i try and put them in there because i think well you can learn off some of the other ones. You can also get, pick up jobs, even if they're volunteer scout jobs, whatever they might be. Um, and you can learn. Um, whereas, whereas if you're on your own as a scout, you're not going to. How, how do you make the first contact? It's the hardest thing. Exactly. So that, that stepping stone's been bridged. And all you've got to do is take the step. It's a free step. You haven't got to pay for it. And there you go. You've got, a, you've got a contact. I know, I know a lad who joined one day and the next day he's got a job. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, somebody's yeah. Mad. It is. It is mad. Like I said, if I can give anyone a piece of advice, either a scout or a coach or something, if if, if just network, speak to everyone and anyone. Even if they're not as experienced as you, speak to them. You'll learn something. Coaching, yeah. scouting, speak to people, build a network. And this has it, everything. It's all there for you just to do so
2: yeah mad. um i have a question regarding um training i'd say the older players and again i'm i'm, I'm not i'm not talking uh you know i'm not talking regarding my own experience because you know i don't you know class myself you know in that kind of older generation i'm just kind of talking on behalf of a few friends i know uh what's I, do, do you do you think that like, the older player you know let's say from the ages of 35 onwards can actually improve their their agility their speed their stamina i mean what what's your thoughts about that um, and you know again, you know again i'm not talking you know regarding <laughs> myself i'm just i'm you know i'm I'm literally you have some hints or some tips no no no, no i'm you know I'm, I'm, <laughs> not, I'm just gonna pass this on to like a few people i know that That's actually
0: yeah. <laughs> ah. Ah. um
1: well, <laughs> Um. i suppose obviously the older you get obviously the more like what's a word like agile ag- is that a word agile is that a word i don't know Less agile. <laughs> We'll say it's a word. It make, well, I'll use it. <laughs>
2: we'll actually make
1: it. We'll work with it. Yeah. Um. There's things you can do to maintain the levels. I think yoga is a big one. I think Giggs is, was, the, was the first person to come out and say, like, yoga helped him prolong his career. Um, to answer your question, I'd say, yeah. There's things you can do to sort of build on that, even if you're sort of like your mid-30s or going on towards your late 30s. There's things you can do to maintain that agility, to maintain that uh, athleticism, uh, such as yoga or um, different things. People's bodies are different. People are built different, aren't they, of course? But uh, I'd I'd say, like I said, like certain different – manage it. Let's say you're 35, you got to manage it. You know what you're capable of. Don't be in the gym every day. Don't be doing something every day. Manage your body load. Uh, manage your workload, sorry, and make sure after you – yoga's a big one. I think it's massive in sport now, especially at the top, it makes you a lot more it can prolongs your career in terms of the physical aspect um so like I said, it manage it, do the same things you would do, but just manage it differently so you're not exhausting your body
2: and and you know um and I guess that kind of coincides with diet as well you know I think there's a you know um I think now, like the younger players, I know there was a article about paul- is it Paul Gallagher and also smith role in terms of how had have changed their diet more so than than mm-hmm. actually training harder and you know n- you know now people have kind of caught on to the fact that you know like there's a lot of vegan and gluten-free and and um intermittent fasting i mean what's what's your thoughts about you know that that industry and uh you know do you think you know as a as a kind of young player let's say under 15s under 16s I mean you know would you would you encourage um the players that you that you support in terms of looking at their diet5
1: under 15 and under 16s uh I'd, I'd introduce it to them yeah I'd, I'd make sure that they they sleep well and eat well as the best they can uh I think like I said about Smith rowe he's come out and said what did he drop some chocolate and stuff he's, he's dropped a few things any recently mm. and he said he said it's elevated his game um some like uh, tomato sauce is another one i saw someone said not have tomato sauce no more as mm-hmm. well yeah, yeah it's awesome. a big thing it's massive like it i think it was very it's not that new but it's relatively new in the game where your diet is absolutely key your sleep and your diet and your lifestyle is absolutely key to your performance on the pitch it helps massively um the vegan thing is is meant to be good for your your muscles and your bones recovery um, i think chris Smalling said that he's a vegan and ever since then he's he never struggled with his injury yeah, I think he had. I can't remember if it was knee or his ankle or something. He had it constant. He went to vegan, and after that, he realized the difference in his body. So it is massive. Um, I would, I wouldn't put a diet on a kid too young. Um, I'd introduce it, like you said, towards the sort of maybe youth development, pro development stage, and then obviously into the pro, take it very seriously. Uh, but it's, yeah, my thoughts on on the diet sort of side of it is massive. Yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's it's proven it's proven that you get results on the pitch.
2: And again, I'm going pro- um, like um, a little bit left here, but do you find it difficult to literally manage parents' expectations of their children when they play football?
1: I found it difficult to begin with. It's a difficult, co- because you, it's a di- always a difficult conversation because their they're, 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 they're kids in the academy or their kids having goalkeeper coaching one-to-ones and, they they're in their back of their mind they're thinking yeah he's going to be a footballer but when you've got to deliver some constructive feedback or things that they don't want to hear it's a very difficult conversation for them to accept um so managing it you just got to be you got to nip it in the board early doors you got to have that sort of relationship with the parent that is honest it's constructive and it's fair everything you're saying's got to be backed up with, with some evidence or some 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 constructive feedback it's it's not just negative comments or positive ones it's always got to be if you're saying a positive comment you've got got to make sure they don't get carried away with what you're saying and if it's negative one you've got to make sure that you're being fair with it uh but like i said nip it in the bud early doors um yeah i said listen your sons we're going to be straight i'm going to tell you everything i think you tell me everything you think and we'll go from there but it is some some parents can't deal with it it's been times with uh, parents think they know more than you and there's nothing worse when you're coaching a kid and their dads uh, used to be oh. a goalkeeper or used to be a coach it's the worst thing in the world worst thing in the world because i remember coaching a kid yeah. and he was like oh well, my dad said do that this i'm like
0: oh yeah
1: how, how'd, <laughs> do you get, how'd you get how do you get how do you get around that you can't tell your kid that like, oh, your dad didn't know anything <laughs> yeah and you can't Man. go to the dad and say stop telling your son what to do in the goalkeeper's being because i'm trying to coach him you know what I mean? And you can't say yeah. to the parent, I know more than you. And you parent you know what I mean? It's it's not just awkward. So it's nipping in the bottom of the doors, just say, like, Listen, leave the coaching to me. If you have any concerns, come to me. And if I have any concerns, I'll come to you, must be honest. But it's got always gotta be constructive, it's always got to be fair. Uh, one last question for
0: you, Liam. you go yeah where do you um where do you want your career to go where do you want to where do you want to be in the next five five ten years where you're looking to go to
1: um i think i think five years i'm 30 now i know you won't believe it would you um young man yeah (laughs) still very young still very young so yeah (laughs) i'm 30 now so so relatively speaking as a coach i'm quite young uh, and I'm already at a point in my career where I think um, I, I've got to where I am now. I was given an opportunity where I, most people wouldn't um, at Chester. So I, I, I think at this point in my career, I just need to develop, I need to learn, I need to know. The, I need to learn the game more and uh, find myself as a coach and, and just keep developing and developing. That's my five-year plan and, and just be as best as I can for what I can be um obviously the end goal is, is be as as best coach that could possibly be at the highest level i can possibly get to yeah um a, a dream dream would be obviously a first team coach at man city Of course that'd be the best um but also like i'd love something that's really appealed to me is work for like um like a national coach whether okay. it be first team women's team under 23s and 21s, it doesn't matter to me just to represent the country. Like for me, I, I mean, I was born in England, but my, half my family's from Northern Ireland. So right. if I could represent England or Northern Ireland in any way, shape, or form as a goalkeeper, coach, or you know, a mentor of some sort, that'd be the absolute pinnacle for me. I think just to give something back, you know, like I said, I come from nothing in football, I've, my name's nothing in football. Um, I had no footprint in football, so if I can make something of myself from nothing in the game at that level, at a national level, then that'd be absolutely unbelievable. But like I said, that's a dream. We've got a long way to go to get to that point. And like I said, it probably will never happen. If, uh, But that's, that's the goal. Know. You never you know. Never Anything know, can happen. Like I said, my heart's in 100%. My mind's in 100%. So if I can do it, as long as that stays 100%, both then, then wherever it takes me, I'll be happy.
0: Well, I was going to say thank you very much for joining us on the UFM podcast. Um obviously to Tabrice as well. Thank you for joining us. Um hopefully this will come out at some point in the in December, I think. Um we're looking to do. But um yeah, thank you very much, Liam.
1: Nice talk. Thanks, Brad, Loved it. Enjoyed that.
0: Thank you. Thank you, to
2: thank you. You're welcome. I'm all here. <laughs> Cheers
0: guys. Hold on